0: Nats Chat is brought to you by Walters. Make Walters your spot before and after this Sunday's D.C. Defenders game, which is this Sunday at noon at Audi Field.
1: Register online for your first beer on us. Go to waltersdc.com
2: and click on events. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. you need indeed
3: the left-hander fires swing and a miss he struck him out went back to the slider so mackenzie gore after the mound visit has back-to-back strikeouts and he's two-thirds of the way out of trouble there they go here it comes and he walked him fastball too high time run scores renfro nationals two angels two Logan Ohapi, swing a line drive, right center field, that's a base hit, it's going to give the Angels the lead. Drury headed home, Ohapi rounds first and slams on the brakes. The rookie catcher, Logan Ohappy with an RBI single to right center, and the Angels are in front, 3-2. to two. He has home run power, the pitch swung on, drilled in the air to left center, right at Brett Phillips. A couple of steps to his right, he makes the catch, It not that fitting? The game is over, the Angels win it, and take the series from the Nationals, Two games to one. Out in order in the ninth go the
0: Nationals. They'll finish the road trip at three and four. And welcome to Nats Chat for Thursday, April 13th, 2023, along with Massinsports.com. Nationals insider Mark Zuckerman who was at Angel Stadium in Anaheim, California. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Well, the Nats on Wednesday wrapped up a seven game trip out west with, unfortunately, a second consecutive loss. And so a trip on which the Nats were three and two ended up being a trip on which the Nats went 3-4. and four. Uh, The Nats lost at the Los Angeles Angels 3-2 on Wednesday to lose two or three games in the series. Nats now 4-9. and nine. It is worth mentioning, each of the Nats' last four losses now has been by two runs or less, including three one-run losses. The Nats are playing competitive games. Uh, the Nats just are not winning many of these games. And, you know, the disappointment on Wednesday wasn't just with the Nats' offense. Our guy Mackenzie Gore, uh, he lasted for just three and two-thirds innings, is he for the first time in three starts this regular season was not good. The Nats' bullpen was good, but Gore was not good. I guess, Mark, we had become a bit spoiled by uh, what Gore had done in each of his first two starts. Uh, Wednesday was a bit of a reality check.
1: Well, I guess he's not the runaway Cy Young award winner after all, Al, Uh, but there's still time. There's still time. Yeah, he was clearly off from the get-go, and he just threw a ton of pitches, and that's why he got pulled early. And yet, you look at, this and he gives up two runs in the end and he still struck out six over three and two-thirds. Like You can see he's got the stuff to be really, really good and also to help him get out of jams that he puts himself into. I think unfortunately in this case, he just kept putting himself into too many of them and it got to a point that's like, okay, diminishing returns here. We can't push him any more beyond that. So That was frustrating to be sure, but even within that frustrating start, you saw the glimpses and understand why he can be so good. He's got the ability if he just commands the strike zone and doesn't let the pitch count uh, spiral out of control like that.
0: Yeah, this was a disappointing outing. This was not like a fear-inducing outing or worry-inducing outing. I mean, if this is the worst that we see of Gore, that's pretty good. He only gives up the two runs, like you said, six strikeouts over three and two-thirds innings it was kind of a weird outing too so two runs three and two-thirds innings he only gave up four hits all of them were singles uh, but he issued the four walks he had the six strikeouts but the walks and the strikeouts ended up dropping up his pitch count to where he over his three and two-thirds innings through a whopping 88 pitches gore in the bottom of the third allowed a run on a leadoff walk of brett phillips and a one-out throwing error by catcher Ruiz.
3: The kick. The runner goes for third. The
0: pitch is inside. Ruiz's throw is by Candelario out into left field. Phillips will get up and he's going to score. Angels took a 1-0 lead and then Gore in the bottom of the fourth allowed a run on two singles and two walks, including a two-out bases loaded walk of Brett Phillips to tie the game at two. And then that was it. Davey Martinez pulled Gore in favor of Mason Thompson. Any surprise that Davey pulled Gore as quickly as Davey did?
1: Yeah, I was surprised and just watching it from in the stadium, Mackenzie Gore looked shocked. <laughs> it's almost like he didn't know what to do. Now, afterwards, he explained that he completely understood it. I don't think he realized just how high the pitch count was, not just for the game, but in that inning, he was up to 33 for that inning. And We know they're going to be protective of him this year. They know uh, he had the elbow issues last year. He's never been through a full big league season. so That was a case probably where later in the year or certainly later in his career, they would maybe give him a chance to pitch his way out of that. But the way this one was going, it was kind of like, okay, this is just going a bit too far. Yet selfishly, you want to see a young pitcher, how he handles that. Can he get himself out of it? But I understand them being protective of him and look to their credit. The guys who came in after that did a phenomenal job once again and kept that game right there within reach for them, despite the fact that for the first time since opening day, their starter didn't go five innings. That was a Crazy streak they were on that we never could have seen coming. 11 straight games of five innings or more from the starters.
0: That really was stunning when I saw that you had that because it's one of those stats that crept up on you. That's a classic stat that sneaks up on you that when you read it, you say, oh, yeah, I guess that is true. But like no one in the moment was thinking of that. Like at no point have we said, oh, wow, the Nats starting pitching is on a roll here. And yet, I mean, that's a pretty decent run, 11 consecutive games each game your starting pitcher lasts for at least five innings. Now, you know, it wasn't always banner work being done by these starting pitchers in these games, but still like that's a pretty good run. I think everyone would have signed up for that going into the season. So yeah, interesting that something like that went down. Yeah. I mean, look with Gore, I think it would have been nice for the Nats to win this game end the trip out West on a high note, make it three times and three starts that Mackenzie Gore pitches well. But we sort of just said, I think you can frame this as If this is the worst of this guy, like we can live with that, okay? And the strikeouts. I mean, this guy is striking people out at a terrific rate. He now, over his three starts, has 18 strikeouts in 15 innings. He's averaging more than a strikeout per inning, but that is ace-like stuff. I mean, that's what really good starting pitchers do, average more than a strikeout per inning.
1: Yeah. And as we talked about last time, he can do it with fastballs. That can be a put away pitch for him in addition to the breaking stuff. And that's such a nice thing to see because we haven't seen that here in a few years since some uh, very big name starters were leading the way. The other guys they've had since then, even if they are high strikeout totals, are very often on breaking stuff, changeups, etc. Uh, et cetera. So the fact that he can go to his fastball when he really needs it Is great. But I mean, you look at the strike zone plot for him from this game, he was all over the place. And the misses were really bad. And he admitted that he knew it. He's got to rein that in somewhat. I understand you're not going to be perfect, but you have to throw competitive pitches. And the walks, three of the first four innings, it was a walk to the leadoff hitter. And then, of course, the bases loaded walk to the number nine hitter, Brett Phillips, who walked both at bats, came into this without having a hit yet on the season. So that's just some fine tuning stuff, I think. That as he gets some experience, you hope he can figure that stuff out. In the bigger picture, I, I still think it's hard not to be encouraged by Mackenzie Gore and what he can be, and just understand that yeah, there may be some days like this. It just it would have felt a lot different if he just got a little support, and if they had come out of this winning a game four three, we'd be saying hey, you know, uh, Mackenzie Gore battled, and the rest of the team picked it up for him. That would be a nice development. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case.
0: So the Nats now have a lot of off days coming up. MLB schedules are the best. The Nats had not had an off day this entire month. They now were going to have three off days in eight days. Off day Thursday, off day the following Monday, off day the following Thursday. I wonder if that wasn't the case, if Davey would have pulled Mackenzie Gore after three and two-thirds innings like that, because Davey ended up having another game in which he used a bunch of relievers. Four Nats relievers were used in this game. A couple of other things here with uh, Gore and just the Nats pitching in this series. Mike Trout went hitless in the series. The Nats ended up doing a very good job on Mike Trout. And, you know, Shohei Otani did a little bit of damage, but not much. I mean, the two big superstars, offensively speaking, for the Angels in this series, really ended up not inflicting all that much damage on the Nats. So that's worth noting. And then just kind of an accounting question, do you know why the run that Gore gave up in the bottom of the third was an earned run and not unearned? Because it scored on the throwing error by K. Bert Ruiz. It's not like Gore gave up another hit in that inning. Uh, he issued the leadoff walk and that was it. You know, Not that I really get caught up in this stuff, but I, I was like, okay, that's an unearned run. No, actually it was an earned run.
1: Yes. I'm glad you asked. I got the question on Twitter. I was curious myself. I asked, and the reason is the error is obviously not his fault. But if you just assume the two stolen bases, and if the throw doesn't get away, then Phillips is on third base with nobody out. There's a strikeout award and then Trout hits a fly ball to right field. And what the official scorer is saying is that that would have scored him from third as a sacrifice fly and it makes it count as an earned run. I know that's inside baseball official scoring and maybe that's minutia that not necessarily fair and get another example of why even earned run average, which we kind of hold as gospel for pitching, isn't always 100% reflective of how they did. But that's why that counts as an earned run. The idea would be you take away the air and then play out the rest of the inning the same way and say, well, this is what would have happened. He, in theory, still would have scored on a sacrifice fly. So that's why.
0: Disappointing. But again, I mean, it makes Gore's outing look even a little bit better uh, when you consider that. So if that's the worst of Mackenzie Gore, we can live with that. Hey, are you a law firm partner, Stuck? On an underperforming team, while the rest of the competitors are spending big and winning big. Well, unlike Mackenzie Gore and Kate ruiz you have options. You don't have to stay on your 60-win team. Nats Chat sponsor Mason Kalfis and his team specialize in placing partners and associates at medium-sized and large law firms in Washington, D.C. and across the country. Mason Kalfas has recruiters in six states and displaced lawyers in more than half of the 100 largest law firms in the United States. While you may be reading doom and gloom from the legal press, many practices are red hot antitrust, IP litigation, white collar litigation, finance and direct lending and health care. Even in the quote unquote slow first quarter of 2023, Mason Kalfas worked with three different lawyers who doubled the compensation their previous law firms were paying those lawyers. Because you are not under a CBA or team control for six years, in fact, staying at a firm too long is often a recipe for being underpaid. Explore your options today with Mason Kalfas. He is Scott Boris-like when it comes to law firm partner contracts, and Mason Kalfas will negotiate you a new and better contract today. Call Mason today at 202
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
3: And the two one. So we had a line drive caught by Smith and he's lined into another double play. Smith steps on first. How about that? Two times and two at-bats. Renifo is lined into a double play, and he cannot believe his luck. Unbelievable.
0: The Nationals' bullpen in this series ended up being tremendous. Like I said, four relievers were used in this game on Wednesday. They combined to allow just one run In four-and-a-third innings. Mason Thompson allowed one run in one-and-two-thirds innings, but he ended up making it three times in three games in this series, in which a Nationals reliever pulled off quite the escape act. Thompson came into the game bottom of the fourth, bases loaded, two outs, game tied at two. He got Taylor Ward to ground out for the third out. So for a third time in three games in this series, a Nats reliever Comes into the game in a tight spot and gets out of that spot. Late night on Monday night, the 6 4 win. Hunter Harvey, bottom of the sixth, runner on second, two outs. Nats up 5 4. The great Mike Trout at the plate. Harvey strikes out Trout swinging on six pitches. And then late night on Tuesday night, the 2 0 loss. Thaddeus Ward, bottom of the sixth, bases loaded, two outs. Nats down 2 0. And he strikes out Luis Renhifo looking on five pitches for the third out. So awesome fireman work by Nats relievers in this series. Thompson. Did give up a run in the bottom of the sixth. Hunter Harvey got a couple of outs in the bottom of the sixth. Did then issue a leadoff walk of Mike Trout. Bottom of the seventh got pulled in favor of Carl Edwards Jr. But he got three outs over three batters. Now, the first batter he faced, Anthony Rendon, reached base via a fielding error by Dominic Smith. But Edwards then recorded three outs over two batters. Got an inning-ending line-out double play to Dominic Smith off the bat of Renhefo, And then Arasmo Ramirez, who needed a bounce-back outing, Ended up getting one, a perfect bottom of the eighth inning. You add it all up, Nationals relievers in this series, one run in 10 and two-thirds innings. The bullpen did not have a great series in the four-game split at the Rockies, but the bullpen was awesome in this series at the Angels.
1: Yeah, and what you saw was guys able to finish one inning and come back and start the next one. Maybe they wouldn't finish the next one, but some deft maneuvering there to try to get the matchups you wanted, maximize what you got from everyone. They are the reason that they were in every one of these games. And if they just hit a little bit more, I think we'd be talking much more about how the bullpen was the saving grace of it all. We wondered coming into the year can this still be the strength of the team? Is that just a year to year thing that's not going to sustain itself. And yes, there've been a couple of blowups Finnegan's against the Rays was the biggest one. There was the one particularly bad game in Colorado, but in the bigger picture, there've been way more impressive performances by this bullpen than negative performances, and I think that's a great sign. And I do agree with you, the off day coming up, I think allowed Davey to maneuver that the way that he did where he was fully prepared to use every one of his A bullpen guys if they had a lead or if there was a bottom of the ninth, it would have been Kyle Finnegan. Now, that's a luxury they had. Now, these guys, it's still a pretty heavy workload two weeks into the season. And I don't know if that's sustainable in the long run. They are going to have to call on some other guys to pitch semi-meaningful innings. I guess the good news there is that Kobe Harris and Thad Ward have done fine. When they've been called upon, uh, Ward, including a big spot in the game on Tuesday night. So maybe you can trust them somewhat in medium to high leverage spots. So you're not always counting on like the same four guys every time you have a lead. It's going to be hard to do that unless they just never have a lead.
0: Well, in theory, right? Sean Doolittle and Tanner Rainey will be factors at some point this season. Is that safe to say? I know it's not like imminent, but at some point, those guys uh, will be added to the inventory. Is that correct? Yeah. I
1: mean, Doolittle certainly a lot sooner than Rainey would be the hope. We haven't heard much. Uh, Last check, he's uh, throwing back in Florida, but not off a mound yet. So that's still – You know, ways away. You know, Rainey, we're looking at probably August, but if he does come back and everything goes fine with the recovery, yeah, there's potential come August for them to have a very healthy and very deep bullpen, and that would be fun to see.
0: No doubt. So, good stuff from the Nats bullpen in this series. And, you know, even with Mackenzie Gore, things weren't that bad, but things were quite bad with the Nationals offense in this game. It's a little concerning here off the nice four game run that we had with the Nats offense, starting with game two at the Rockies. The offense has come down here over these last two games. And, You know, it's one thing when you're facing Shohei Otani, as was the case in game two of this series, but you were not facing one of the best pitchers in the sport on Wednesday. And yet the Nats, for the game, just the two runs, a mere six hits, all of which were singles, no walks for the Nats in this game. The Nats scored their runs in a top of the fourth that the Nats began with four consecutive singles. This was like classic 2023 Nationals offense, this two-run fourth inning, four consecutive singles, and the Nats in that inning also got an RBI groundout from the returning Luis Garcia. So he was back. Good to see that returned uh, from a four-game absence caused by a hamstring injury. But that was the offense in this game. Uh, The Nationals uh, getting six singles, no walks. Uh, Jamer Candelario got hit by a pitch, but otherwise not a lot happening. And again, it's not like you were facing some dominant number one starter.
1: No. uh, Griffin Canning was there for the taking in his first big league start in almost two years because of injuries. And To me, the whole key to this was the top of the fourth. Yes, you love to see four singles strung together. and Yeah, you wish that had produced a little bit more, but even with all that, there was an opportunity to blow that inning open and they could not do it. You have the Garcia ground out. It got a run home, yes, but it's a weak chopper to short, and then really the next two, Lane Thomas striking out, I believe on three pitches looking with the bases loaded and one out, couldn't even get the bat on the ball. and Then CJ Abrams also striking out to end that inning. That changes the whole complexion of the game if they can deliver a couple more runs from that. I mean, yes, they scored two in the inning, but they had the bases loaded with nobody out and only one of those guys came home. You got to do better than that. If you're not going to hit for power, you've got to find a way to get them home to manufacture those runs. And so, that was the frustrating part. But the other frustrating part to me were two balls that, in person, I don't know what it was like on TV. In person, the look and the sound of the balls that Joey Meneses and Bert Ruiz hit to left center field, I thought they were no doubt home runs, not even a question. And neither one of them cleared the fence and That was especially frustrating for these guys because we know how much they've struggled to hit for power, both of those guys in particular, and they both made the best contact they've had all year and had nothing to show for it.
0: It's tough with Manessas right now. Now, Joey on Wednesday did have a key single in the game. He and that Nats two-run fourth had an opposite field RBI single uh, to right to tie the game at one, despite having been down at one point one two, but yeah, Manessis still has not homered in this regular season. His slugging percentage is three oh six. I mean, this is a guy who last regular season two hundred forty major league plate appearances, a five sixty three slugging percentage. And you know, as we have discussed, even if he's not that guy, I mean, he's not a three oh six slugging guy. You certainly hope that he isn't. Some bad luck, but you know, we- we've talked about this. Like a lot of balls are on the ground, and it just feels like throughout this lineup you have a lot of the same kind of guy where, you know, maybe you can make contact and get some hits, but you're just not seeing much in the way of not just home runs, but like doubles, you know? I mean, you don't have to hit a bunch of homers. Give me some doubles. I mean, how, how many games a season have the Nats had in which they haven't had more than, say, like two doubles in the game? You know, you see other teams, three, four, five doubles in a game, potentially. You're not seeing that here. And the other thing, too, is... The Nats offense went quiet for a sizable portion of this game. I mentioned Jamer Candelario. He went two for three with a couple of singles and that hit by pitch. Top of the eighth, he had a two out single through the right side of the infield. That broke a string of 14 consecutive Nats having been retired. I mean, the game was like sort of uh, brought to a lull with the Nationals offense where just nothing was happening for a big chunk of the game.
1: Yeah, from the fifth inning on that Candelario single in the eighth, that was literally their only base runner. The rest of the way. And this is a troubling thing to me. We saw it last year as well. They do not mount comebacks. The boys don't really battle the way that we like to joke that they battle. Yeah, they may be in a close game, but when's the last time you said, oh boy, they really put something together late against a, another team's top setup man or closer? They really don't do that very much. And even if they do threaten, they can't finish the job. Uh, yeah, they kind of rolled over. That ninth inning was. Over in a snap, really quick. And those are not the kind of at bats you want in those spots. You know, they've shown patience at times earlier in the game. I'm not sure. Maybe they get a little jumpy or something that they can't do it, you know, later in games because if you're down by one that entire time. And I'm thinking, okay, there, there's a chance. Like, oh, it's not going to take that much to win this game. And they just never mounted anything that put them on the precipice of, of coming back from a one run deficit. <music>
0: Hey guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. Everyone loves a smart investment, especially right now, and there is no better place to put your money right now than in your home. If your home is 20 years old or older, Window Nation has the perfect offer for you. Get 0% financing for 5 years. This is unheard of. Zero interest For five years. Plus, Window Nation will give you two free windows for every two windows that you buy. Protect and increase the value of your home today. Get this special deal. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. And tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. You can save up to 30% on your energy bills. You can increase the value of your home by up to $12,000. And you can pay zero interest For five years, and get two free windows for every two windows that you buy. And this goes for any style of window from Window Nation. There is no limit. Save thousands of dollars on your new windows and then save thousands of dollars on your energy bills, all while upgrading the look and feel of your home. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. And tell WindowNation that you want the deal that you heard about from Al Galdi on the Nats Chat Podcast. Again, zero interest for five years plus two free windows for every two windows that you buy. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. And tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent ya.
5: Hey, Nats Chat listeners. Tim Shovers here, producer of the podcast, to tell you about game time. Do you struggle sometimes to find tickets to your favorite events? Buying tickets to these shouldn't be stressful. That's why you should look into the Game Time app. It's even harder these days with the lack of paper tickets available on the street. If you're looking for tickets to Nats, DC United, or even the Drake Concert this summer, GameTime offers the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. GameTime is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance, GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code NATSCHAT for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, again, create an account at GameTime.co and redeem code NATSCHAT for twenty dollars off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
4: A one pitch to Elijah Green. Line drive. Base hit into left field. Happy Easter. The Frednat walk off winner. Elijah Green puts an exclamation point on a phenomenal weekend. And the Frednats win the series. We
0: did have some Nats news evolving as this game was taking place on Wednesday. One of the Nats top prospects, Robert Hassel the III. Uh, he's coming back from a wrist issue. He was to play for low A Fredericksburg on Wednesday evening, but he ended up getting scratched from the game due to a flight delay. Now, he ended last season at A, so I guess this stint at Fredericksburg is almost like a rehab stint for him, and then he'll go back to A. Is that the right way to view this?
1: Yeah, that's my understanding of it. So, he was still dealing with the wrist injury in spring training and missed a little time because of that and he was going to be, you know, about two weeks behind everyone else. So, you can see how they would play that out and the idea would be, okay, maybe have him start at low A ball, get some at-bats, some time in the field. Maybe he won't play the full nine innings yet. And then when he's really ready to go, you move him up to Harrisburg. But as it turns out, there was some kind of flight delay and he didn't even make it to the game. And uh, I guess it didn't happen. So that's a little frustrating, obviously. I do kind of feel like I, I, I you know, I haven't checked in with anybody with the organization, but I kind of wonder, is there a need for it to be at low A? Why couldn't he like just play at Harrisburg and Even if he had to be watched closely or pulled after five innings just to ramp him up, like is that the worst thing in the world at AA? That lineup could sure use a little help. Although I will say the lineup that Fredericksburg was hoping to field for that game had a bunch Of big names in there, Elijah Green, Brady House, Robert Hassel. That would have been very cool to see all of them together, and maybe that's part of the idea here too, is to uh, generate a little excitement for their top prospects.
0: Nothing wrong with doing that, you know. The MLB Pipeline Top 100 Prospect Rankings have been updated. Uh, James Wood now is number 15. Robert Hassel, the third, number 32. Elijah Green. Number 41. Three of the top 41 prospects in the sport are Nationals outfielders. So it is exciting to think about what this Nats outfield could be in, you know, I don't know, say two years. That could be something special. Those three guys out there, you know, if they all just even come close to what their potential dictates. So, well, the Nats get an off day on Thursday. I think they needed it. You know, this was a tough run here. You're going to have the three games against Cleveland this weekend. Then, like I said, off day on Monday and then a two-game set against the Orioles at Nationals Park and then another off day after that. And then comes a six-game road trip, three games at Minnesota, three games at the Mets. You know, I guess all things considered, this seven-game trip out West could have been much worse. The expectations for this team are such that, you know, when you have a three and four trip out West, you're almost like celebrating. I mean, we understand big picture. That's not where you want to be. But, you know, like I mentioned early in the show We've gone from the Nats getting ripped in games earlier this season, you know, 7-2 to Atlanta, 7-1 to Atlanta, 10-6 to Tampa Bay, to at least now the games are more competitive. Now, perhaps that's just a reflection of the competition, but, you know, the Nats... For the most part, they're not coming off like some wretched team on a one-way path to 110 losses. Like they are competitive; these games are compelling, and I think there is something to be said for that. Like you know, maybe possibly this team at some point this season can have itself a decent stretch in which you know it plays say 500 baseball.
1: Yeah. Look, the four losses on this trip were all by one run, or this one, or the one that was by two runs, which was a two nothing loss to Shohei Ohtani. You can't get too upset about any of that by the same token, part of developing a young team is learning how to win games and learning how to win close games. And there were opportunities to win every one of those. And whether it was a lack of clutch hitting, a bullpen problem here or there, um, some fundamental mistakes here or there, there were opportunities for them to win these games. And over time, you want to see them start to figure that out and learn how to do that. No, it's not the end of the world here in April if they lose games like that. You'd like to not have that be the case all season long. You know, Cabert Ruiz had two chances to throw out runners and both of them were bad throws. And he talked about afterwards that there are some things he needs to work on. It doesn't feel like he's in the right position, shoulder kind of flying open and throws are tailing on him. Just all those little things, they do win and lose ball games, And maybe last year we didn't notice it as much because they were getting blown out more because the starting pitching was so bad. But now that they are in most of these games, you do have to execute that way. If you're not going to slug, and we know they're not going to slug, then you better get everything else right. They played flawless defense for most of the trip. They finally had their first errors of the trip in this finale. so That's good that they are improving there. CJ Abrams, I thought it looked excellent at shortstop since those opening day jitters. So I do think there is stuff to like here. I think they played better than the record would indicate, but I think you also eventually here want to start to see these one-run losses flip the other way can they learn what you have to do to execute in the right moments to win some of these games?
0: It's so true. When you don't slug, when you don't hit homers, every other little thing becomes magnified. Like the homer is the great eraser and it makes a bad throw or a mistake on the base paths so much more palatable. When you have to like scratch and claw for every run and you start an inning with four consecutive singles and it only ends up being a two run inning, like, yeah, any little thing that didn't go well ends up standing out because, you know, you have to fight so hard to score every little run. Check out our new website, NatsChatPodcast.com. It is terrific. You can listen to episodes of the podcast on that site. You can order Nats Chat Podcast merch, including a great looking Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt. You can contact uh, the show again, Podcast. Dot com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nats underscore chat, and you can email us directly, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the show, uh, hit up Tim Shoulders Again, that email address, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. Thank you to Tim Newmark for the NatsChat Podcast music. Visit TimNewmark.com. For Mark Zuckerman, I'm Al Galdi. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. 2-2 two,
3: two. swinging so a light drive base hit right field that's going to tie the game Candelario scores Smith into second and Joy Manessas has his second RBI of the season first since opening day a game tying hit here in the fourth the Nationals won the Angels won
6: everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium